Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Today here on Sports Grid, two hours of fantasy talk, wagering talk, getting you ready for everything on your wagering menu. That's what we do. I'm Craig Mish, along with Davis Maddock, of course, Brett Levy, our producer, also doubling as our NBA analyst, will join us coming up as we take a look at our fantasy standouts from the NBA last night. But Davis, spring is in the air, at least here where I am in South Florida and also in Arizona as pitchers and catchers are back. The Major League Baseball season is less than two months away. And with the fingers crossed, it looks like we'll have a spring training season starting in two weeks. That's where we'll start today. What's going on? I mean, very excited for spring training. My very first NFBC draft and hold is about to wrap up. So, you know, probably going to be uh, entering into another one of those soon. And, you know, as we're as we're getting down here into the dregs, one thing I can tell you is I'm, I'm waiting for pitchers and catchers to report so we can just start to get an idea of some playing time. I also am hoping that one of the things teams do this year, Craig, is just take the kid gloves off with the prospects, right? I want to see Bobby Witt Jr. I want to see all these guys up and playing in major leagues because they didn't get to play last year. They, they skipped a crucial step in their development, really. So I'm, I'm hoping that's one of the news items that we start to get as pitchers and catchers report. Yeah, and I can tell you that from my perspective, and, and I think fantasy perspective, items are going to be really hard to come by because we are not allowed to cover this for a couple weeks. But uh, needless to say, we'll be on top of it when we can. As soon as I can start going in person, I definitely will here for Sports Grid. that's for sure. Here are our headlines as we start the show on the 17th of February, 2021. Pitchers and catchers are back, Florida and Arizona. Zoom meetings are taking place, nothing in person, but it is great to at least be able to start talking baseball, that is for sure. Women's number one, uh, Ash Barty upset at the Australian Open, and of course being from Australia, a little bit of a disappointment there. Speaking of disappointments, Davis talked about this yesterday, the Milwaukee Bucks lose again, four straight losses for them. This is an NBA championship caliber team, but not playing like it right now, that's for sure. Unfortunately, D'Angelo Russell is going to be out four to six weeks after knee surgery. And we do have a little bit of football news. ESPN is reporting that Trevor Lawrence had shoulder surgery, although not to make people crazy because it was his non-throwing shoulder, but that could definitely limit a lot of the activities between now and April. I know we'll have some football conversation for some people a little bit later in the show, but I don't think that this changes the status at all for me, Davis, with Trevor Lawrence, who was, I, I you know, honestly, I like Trevor Lawrence more than I like Joe Burrow. So for me, I'm very bullish on him. It's not going to change whatsoever. And I suppose he'll end up, I would say, most likely in Jacksonville. But, um, you know, the way that the rookie quarterbacks have certainly fared over the last couple of years, at least most of them, there's a lot of high expectations for him for sure. 
I I'm still a Burrow over Lawrence guy. Lawrence definitely does have the edge, though. He he's three years younger than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was a graduate transfer uh, that final season at LSU. He he is already 24 years old. I, I actually think he turns 25 before the start of his second season in the NFL. So you know, definitely Lawrence is going to have uh, a, a a better time frame to adapt to the professional game. And also, I I think that. Lawrence is entering into the NFL in a, a better situation. He's gonna he's gonna come in and have Lavisca Chenault and DJ Shark to play with, which is uh, that's about as good as it gets in terms of a supporting cast to come into. But you know, then again, Joe Burrow does have T. Higgins, who looked like probably the steal of the wide receiver class last season. But I mean, both of them I think are are going to be great, and I, I think we are about to enter into a gold standard of quarterback play in the NFL over the next couple of years. Yeah, Burrow, for me, I couldn't believe it after just one year at LSU that a guy could be this good. Certainly he proved me wrong, uh, but I was also always a guy that was in on Trevor Lawrence years ago. But, you know, we'll certainly see what happens. I mean, these quarterback things do change quite frequently. All right, so what do you make of the Bucks here, Davis? This is four straight games for them now losing. I know every team is going to have a two- or three-game losing streak during the season, but teams that win championships in general don't lose five games in a row, especially with their guys especially with their guys. Now, if we want to be kind, if we want to if we want to be kind, the one thing we would say is Drew Holiday one is not playing right now and two, right. he has fulfilled a huge role on that team which is, you know, handling the ball, getting Giannis the ball in the spots where he wants and he's being replaced by Bryn Forbes, Dante DiVincenzo, you know, these very fringe NBA players guys who are playing on the Bucks roster because they uh fit the salary cap constraints needed. Uh, for the Bucks roster, but I I think that the time is now to start getting on the Nets, to start getting on the Heat, as we talked about. You know the the Heat, uh, getting Jimmy Butler back, getting Tyler Hero back, should be getting Goran Dragic back soon. You know I I think the Heat are primed to make a run, and also, you know Joel Embiid is having an MVP caliber season, and the Bucks sucking all that win equity out of the Eastern Conference Finals market. I do think it does make a really attractive time to just bet on any other. Eastern Conference team uh, to win the championship or to win the Eastern Conference Finals because I, I like you, I, I really do not believe in the box right now. Yeah, no doubt. Not a lot to believe right now for sure. All right, coming up next, we're going to dive into the NBA from a DFS and betting perspective, give you the fantasy standouts from, of course, what was Tuesday night in the NBA. We have some NFL discussion coming up and also some Major League Baseball discussion. Uh, in addition to that, the good news is the win totals have been released, and it's earlier and earlier, it seems like, every single year. Usually it's March, and it's February. Now it's early February. Uh, but the Westgate and Vegas put those out, and I know FanDuel is soon to follow. So in the next few days that we're going to be covering that for you, give you some early edges on win totals in Major League Baseball. Okay, coming up next, fantasy standouts. The Joker was added again. And, of course, the one NBA player that I cannot pronounce his last name. I screw it up all the time. We'll see if I get that right. Coming up next here on Fantasy Sports Today, so don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? 
That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back fantasy sports today here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. It's time to take a look at our NBA fantasy standouts from Tuesday night. No shortage, that is for sure. Craig Nish, along with David Matic and our producer Brett Levy, who always joins us with some interesting commentary here on this Wednesday afternoon. And Brett, it's good to see you and good to see you, Davis, once again, as always. Let's run through the fantasy standouts and then we'll break them all down for you. Nikola Jokic, 43 points, six rebounds, five assists, two steals, and one block. Over on FanDuel, you can still get good odds on him to win the MVP. Temptation, temptation. Zion Williamson, 31 points, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals. Uh, Also, uh, Giannis last night in the loss had 34, 10 rebounds, eight assists, five steals, two blocks. Now, here's the name that I always screw up. Fred Van Vliet, 33 points, rebounds, seven assists, and two steals. I got it. I think I got it, right? I was close. Yeah, uh, yeah. I nailed it. I nailed I nailed the landing there. And then Pascal Siakam, 23 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, and 1 steal. Brett, I'll start with you here. Normally, I ask you specifically about one player, but I am going to leave this to you on this one. Who, who here stood out for you most last night? I think that's the first time I've ever asked you that. Normally, I'm the one that, that asks you about the guy. Yeah, well, Zion stood out the most to me, Craig. His team dominated Memphis last night, winning 144 to 113. And he was the best player on the floor for either team. And that's why you draft him at number one, uh, you know, to win some games, right? And the guy taking number two happened to be on the other side. So I thought that was a great performance for Zion. He really kind of displayed his whole game last night and uh to lead his team and be the best player in kind of what a game everyone was watching on national tv i thought that was a good performance for him and a kind of a pick-me-up moment uh people have been tough on zion maybe he hasn't lived up to some people's expectations but i mean he was injured last year he had to come back from injury weird off season this year so tough circumstances for him to come into the league and you know he's played really well so i think people need to ease up a little bit but i understand this guy's you know been the national spotlight since he was like 17 years old so everyone just wants to see him be a superstar very fair uh davis anyone in particular last night interesting Jokic with 43 you can still get like six eight to one with him winning the mvp i mean i i, I gotta tell you like I mean, honestly, this is not my wheelhouse, but Brett will tell you, I was on this like two months ago um, when, he, when he wasn't even in the conversation as a possibility, but I can't say that I put a dollar on it. I just didn't think it was realistic because he's on Denver. Like who on Denver wins an NBA MVP? Has there ever been an NBA MVP on the Denver Nuggets? So, but another 43 for him yesterday. 
Yeah, I'm sure there hasn't been. I actually have this ticket sitting in my sportsbook account Good. at uh, 10 to 1. Um, I would love for Nikola Jokic to win. However, I feel like it's super unlikely for him to win for a couple reasons. The first being LeBron got a big boost in the uh, MVP race, I think, with Anthony Davis out because the Lakers are going to keep winning. Uh, the voters want to give it to LeBron anyway. The Lakers won the championship last year. Uh, I know there are... Some of the voters who definitely are thinking in their heads, well, you know, if LeBron wins this year, then now he has the same number of MVPs as Michael Jordan. I definitely think that weighs on a lot of the voters. Like, I, I just think it's extremely likely that LeBron wins MVP this year. And the big reason why Jokic, I think, is going to struggle is they're going to keep losing games because his teammates suck. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is supposed to be the Robin to Nikola Jokic's Batman, he goes 0 for 8 last night, doesn't make a single shot, zero points, uh, and has to get benched down the stretch for uh, Zeke Njot, and I'm not going to try and say his last name, but basically for this uh, rookie draft pick who like, but I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be the guy right. to come in and help Jokic, and he's not. He's just not helping. Hmm. All right, other fantasy standouts from last night. Let's get to it. LeBron James, 30 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, and 1 block. Dame Lillard, another huge one, 31-7, 10 assists, 2 steals. Enos Cantor was our 20-rebound performer from last night with 8 points, 21 boards, 1 assist. James Harden, I don't know who he had playing with him last night with the Nets, but he had 38-7, 11 assists, and 1 steal. Chris Paul, 29 points. Big game for him. Phoenix is good. 4 rebounds, 7 assists, and 1 steal. Uh, Brett, Chris Paul dialing it back a little bit, I would say, last night to the past. And uh, does it even matter who's on the nets? Like, this is crazy. Like, I mean, they, it, like they have Durant out, they have Kyrie Irving out. It just doesn't seem to matter. Yeah, well, this was like a throwback to Harden of, you know, a year ago or two years ago. He was the guy that had to do it all, and he made it happen. He was creating for his teammates. He was, you know, 11 assists. And you know, they needed him to hit big buckets. He took over in the second half and really uh, pushed his team over the top and led them to that victory. Uh, so, yeah, I think Brooklyn's in a great spot. I think we all kind of knew they were in a great spot. They have three of the best players in the world on the same team. Um, people had concerns about their defense. I have concerns about their defense, but not to the point that I wasn't picking the Nets to come out of the East after they made that trade. So, uh I think they'll improve throughout the year. I think as the core three, the big three, whatever you want to call them, gets uh, more playing time together, they'll continue to improve. But, uh, I mean, any one of these guys can win you a game on any given night in the regular season, and uh, it, they're going to be a tough matchup for anyone in the postseason. And, and Davis, uh, Phoenix continues to play well. Uh, Chris Paul's having a nice year, isn't he? Chris Paul is having a great year. Um, Devin Booker has really improved his play over the last two weeks. And you know what? DeAndre Ayton is a kind of a guy that, it, like, everyone laughs at DeAndre Ayton because he, he went ahead of Luka Doncic, right? And and how could right. you take anyone ahead of Luka Doncic? But Ayton is starting to fulfill some of the promise uh, as to why he went that early. And probably most importantly is he's starting to play like a, a C-plus uh, defensive level center in the NBA. And that's kind of all he needed to get to because he's such a good and gifted offensive player. So, you know, the Suns, I mean, look, they, they have something brewing there uh, that I, that I think they should feel good about. 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Brett, uh, what do you got on your, your schedule here for tonight and tomorrow? Anything interesting in the NBA tonight? Yeah, lots of good games tonight, Craig. Uh, obviously, the one that stands out is Utah versus the Clippers. I think everyone's excited to see that. We'll see if Kawhi plays. He's missed the last two games. But um, Utah's the hottest team in the league right now, and I'm sure a lot of people still believe in the Clippers to be a title contender. So, that's the one I'm focused in on tonight. It's a late one, though. It's it's more Davis's time than my time. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say, um, Davis. That was actually my follow up to that. Like, Davis, are you up till like two a.m.? Well, it's one a.m. Probably your time watching these West Coast games. Are you doing that? Because you, you're an hour behind us. Uh, honestly, I I'm not, man. I, the the older I get, the more I place the value on uh, on a good night's sleep. You know, setting the setting the brain down generally what i will do is i will stay up until the thunder game is over so if the thunder play at six you know that means whatever doesn't matter but if the thunder play at eight you know then that means maybe i'll be up until 10 10 30 but mo- i i definitely do not catch every warriors game i will say that i i definitely am not right. sitting there until one o'clock at night you know watching uh steph curry finish off whoever the warriors are playing yeah yeah you know what's interesting is that uh, every morning now on YouTube, the NBA posts every ba- every basket in the game of of the games, so you literally can go back and and watch. I mean, it's usually about eight to ten minutes. Sometimes it could get to be about fifteen, but if I miss a game, I just wake up in the morning, pop on YouTube, and then I just watch all the baskets. And it's it's like almost getting the same thing. I mean, you don't get the feel of the game, you don't get the timeouts, you don't get the stoppages. But who really needs stoppages, right? I think we just all want to kind of see the scoring. So that's kind of the way that I see it there. All right, coming up next, our first look at average draft position in fantasy baseball. We'll hit on the second base position, which is pretty ugly. It is not pretty. But we're going to find some potential options for you. There's a couple actually here that I like, too, that I want to talk about here. We'll ask Davis's opinion in terms of ADP. Coming up next here on Fantasy Sports Today, Craig Mish, Davis Maddock. Make sure you stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mitch and David Smatic. We got you here until 2 o'clock Eastern every single day, noon to 2, covering 
fantasy baseball with you. Of course, DFS basketball and wagering as well every day here on sportsgrid.com. We looked at the first base position. We're probably going to look again at first base. We're probably going to look at every position over and over again. Uh, but in, in this early part where pitchers and catchers are reporting, kind of getting a feel for things. Davis said he's doing an NFBC draft. I just found out yesterday that my first fantasy draft, I believe, is the 4th of March, the uh, League of Alternative Baseball Reality Auction Mixed League Draft. And then I'm going to be back in Tout Wars in the National League Auction. So that's two. I think I'll probably get to three. I don't know if it's going to be much more than that, but it's always good to get a head start on this stuff. And now is really the time. January is not my fantasy baseball preference, but February I can dig it. So let's take a look at the second base position, Davis. And the ADP, it is rough, man. Second base is not what it used to be. Where is Chase Utley? Where is Robinson Cano? Like those days are gone. Ozzy Albies is at 31 because of the steals. Gleyber Torres, who's not going to play any second this year. Still probably qualifies there, 68. And, of course, he's more or less uh, shortstop with LeMahieu back at second. Muncie will get qualification there. His ADP is 95. Moustakis is at 123. And then Ian Happ all the way down at 161. I could make the case I'd rather probably take a shot on Happ than anyone else here, maybe outside of, of Albies. But uh, this is per Fantasy Pros, and we got some sleepers to talk about as well. You know, what's interesting, Davis, is that Torres is probably the biggest boom or bust one here. There are those who uh, in the fantasy community are like all back in on, on Torres. There are some that are all back out. I, I feel like the rest of these, there could be some variance, but Torres is the one that is like a league winner if he can get back to what he was. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ozzy Albies is not a shabby player. So his his great season for fantasy 2019 24 home runs, 15 stolen bases. He hit 295 uh, weighted on base average of 354. But even the year before, when he learned, when he was, you know, not as effective per plate appearance, 24 home runs, 14 steals, hit 261. Uh, from a second baseman, you are you're definitely going to take that. And then even last year, uh, he he only had 124 plate appearances and only played in 29 games. And I think that's kind of why his ADP is a little bit depressed. But Albies, to me, seems like a guy that I want to be taking in a ton of my drafts. You just kind of lock down second base. He's not going to kill your batting average. You're going to get power. You're going to get steals. Whereas I think Glaber Torres just has that really wide range of outcomes. Hit 243 last year in 42 games, only three home runs, only one stolen base. And I do think you probably want steals from your second baseman. You know, you're, you're probably not going to be locking up steals from your first baseman. You definitely want to be aiming more towards power with your outfielders. So second base does feel like one of those spots where you want to be aiming for some of that speed. And, you know, 24 home runs and five steals, that's fine. But you can get that, you know, I, I for example, I would rather Max Muncie at his ADP than what you're forced to play for Glaber right now. Yeah, and, and again, on-base percentage versus average is a big part of this conversation. Muncy's a very big uh, on-base percentage guy. You know, Ian Happ, a couple of years ago, Davis, there was a thought process that he could be traded. Remember, they sent him to the minors and start the season with the team. He was complaining about not wanting to be there. He actually got an MVP vote, if I'm not mistaken, last year. I don't think he deserved it, but uh, when they got to the postseason, uh, Davis, he was the only one hitting anything. And, and you could make the argument that he was their best player. I don't know what happened to Bryant and what happened to Baez and, and Rizzo was hit or miss, but Hap probably was their best offensive player a year ago. 
Yeah, I mean, Hap is a switch hitter. He can lead off. He can play outfield. He can play second base, I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, probably he could play first base as well if you can play those two positions. 12 right. home runs in 57 games in the regular season last year. Not a huge steals guy, right? He has 19 career steals and just over 1,200 plate appearances over the course of the season. You know, for example, Zips has him for eight steals. Steamer has him for nine. That's not terrible. I mean, that's better than Glaber, for example. You know, Glaber over a full season probably maxes out at five steals. But you're also seeing him projected as high as 28 home runs. He's a career 248 hitter. But the projection systems actually think he has upside to be a little bit better than that. Uh, and it probably depends on, you know, how much he is playing uh, lefty versus righty. If he is, you know, continuing to take walks at the rate that he does, because his career OBP is 100 points higher than his batting average. I mean, Hap at his current average draft position, he seems like the absolute best second base pick, you know, combination of four projection, so. ceiling projection and ADP. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 look, you can make the case with Albies because of the steals, no doubt, right? Like that's that's a, a big changer if you're, if you're in a five by five fantasy league or you're playing in you know, a, a best ball type league. Look, you're you're not going to be able to get those steals anymore. Honestly, I don't know why we're even using them in fantasy. No team focuses on them, but he's the one guy that does it. No one else does. So if you said to me, okay, third round, second round, I'm going to take Albies. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I didn't get a steals guy. I took a couple power guys at the beginning, a pitcher, sure. But beyond that, I'll wait. I'll take half at the end. Now, in terms of sleepers, Davis, anyone in particular that after ADP of 161 that you're particularly interested in? Yeah, I did. I did want to talk about um, Ha Song Kim, who mm -hmm. I watched play in the KBO. You know, we were we were all sitting there uh, during the pandemic looking for any yeah. sports. I, I just I chased down everything that there was: League of Legends, Call of Duty, you know, just all all the things you could wager on and play DFS for. And Hassan Kim is a good player. I, I expect him to work his way into that Padres lineup. Like I expect him to steal plate appearances from Profar, from Cronworth, from Hosmer. You know, I, I do, especially if there is a National League DH, you know, I, I do think that he ends up playing because he, he's good with the glove. He's fast. Um, mm -hmm. and, and some of the projection systems are really high on him. Uh, for example, you know, our, our friend Derek Cardi, uh, with the bat kind of comes in low on him at 330 plate appearances, 10 home runs and six deals, but zips that doesn't make a judgment on playing time and just gives guys full playing time, essentially, uh, at, at basically 600 plate appearances gives him 22 home runs and 18 steals. And now, obviously, we can't project him for full playing time, but if he got anywhere close, you know, a, a Machado injury, a Tatis injury, they would have to play him more. And I, I just wanted on the record, on the video, on the show, that I am a, a big Ha Sung Kim believer. He's a guy that I would be drafting uh, this year for sure. Yeah, well, you could get him very, very late. You probably can get him in even reserve rounds. He's so buried, Davis. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could, you could absolutely be right. He's so, he's buried. so buried. Yeah. So buried on that team. And and by the way, Cronenworth, one year, right? Like, who knows? You know, I mean, rookie of the year, sure. No, it doesn't I always think work out too. Like that. that's, yeah, that's the crazy thing about the Padres is you're sitting there looking at your bench going, you know, pro far, switch hitter, multiple positions, Cronenworth, right. multiple positions, good bat. 
Um, yeah, it, it is it is crazy. So Kim is super buried. So I think his plate appearance expectation should probably be about 250 to 300. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do think he also is one of those guys where it's hard to put the lightning back in the bottle if he is actually as good as I think he is. Yeah, it's true. And, and look, you know, the one player last year that I had heard so many good things about, and it was a short season, I feel like we'll say short season 100 times before the season starts, was Shogo Akiyama on Cincinnati. They gave him they gave him a lot of money, Davis. And you talk about bust. Oh, my gosh, was this guy a bust Yeah, he was year. not like, good. Epic, epic bust. And everyone's like, why are you taking this guy Akiyama in drafts? I'm like, they gave this dude $8 million. You think they're not going to play him over this litany of outfielders they have? And then Winker ended up being the better guy there. So, I mean, I, you know, you sometimes these guys come good. Sometimes they don't. We'll see on Kim. You know, Nick Solak is an interesting name. Texas did Davis nothing this offseason. You talk about pathetic. A new stadium. Have you ever seen a team move into a new stadium and cut the payroll? I, I, don't, I have never seen that in all my years playing baseball, uh, watching baseball. Every team that goes into a new stadium, they want to make you feel good, right? Like they add, they add to the payroll. Uh, Texas did nothing. Solak is going to play. I don't know where, though, Davis, because I don't think he's a phenomenal defender. They already don't have a great defender in Calhoun. I mean, I suppose second base, maybe. They, Odor is still there, too. Like, I'm not really sure where they're going to play him. I know he's going to play. I just don't know where. Yeah, Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News reported that the team wants him to play second base. You know, basically he's going to come into spring training, right. put him at second base, run him through the drills, and try to get him ready there. Um, I guess what's interesting about Solak is you would tend to think of all bat guys um, being power guys, right? Like you, you think like, oh, a guy we got to get in our lineup uh, for his sure. bat. You know, you're thinking J.D. Martinez, Vlad, Manny Ramirez, those style guys. But Solak has never hit more than 19 home runs at any level in the minors. He has seven major league home runs, over 368 plate appearances. He is he is more a high average, super high uh, weighted on base guy, like going to hit a ton of doubles, uh, going to take a ton of walks. You know, his his K rate uh, in the majors thus far is pretty low relative to what we think of as normal for a, uh, a hitter now. But Solak is, I think, a, a, a way to buy 600, 600 plate appearances at second base with some speed and an average that won't kill you. Uh, now, the lineup isn't going to be that great. You know, we think of the no. Rangers as being this very offensive yeah. team, but they're they're not anymore. Yeah. No, I mean, Kiner Falefa is more of a, a defensive player who also is good, okay uh, offensively. We don't know what Chris Davis is going to be now coming from Oakland. Gallo is always a 40 home run dude, but he's been hurt over the last couple of years too. So um, it's it's been a, it's disappointing for me to see a team that, that gets a new building do squat. That, that's honestly the bottom line for me there. But I think the, the key that you said there is the counting numbers. And you're playing in one of these NFBC long-term deals. You can't make moves. Solak is gonna play, even if they run him into the ground. He's gonna play every day somewhere, just like Willie Calhoun. All right, coming up next, more fantasy discussion. So make sure you stay on the grid. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, 24/7, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling, the collide of football pads, the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. 
But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGridSportsGrid.com. I'm Craig Mish along with Davis Maddock here, and good to see everyone watching the show today. I know a lot of you are watching for Baseball Talk. It is Pitchers and Catchers Reporting Day. Certainly, we got a lot of live action coming up tonight. In-game live, we'll have you covered on the NBA and college basketball. Scott Farrell going coast to coast, but let's take a deeper dive a little bit more into baseball since we are here and we're doing it here on this Wednesday. And uh, pitching is definitely going to be the most intriguing part of the season. Is the ball going to be less bountiful? Are pitchers going to throw a lot of innings? We simply don't know the answers to these questions. But yesterday, the new catcher of the Mets, James McCann, was asked, now that he is in camp and working with Jacob deGrom, among others, and his pitchers, what we could potentially expect in this different sort of year that plays 162 as opposed to 60. There's a lot of a lot of different stresses that went into last year. Um, you know, one thing 2021 has that 2020 didn't is uh, pretty much everyone's been through the protocols. Everyone's kind of figured out, you know, what makes them work under these types of conditions. Uh, the difference, like you said, is going from 60 games to 162. Well, in the 60 games, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of uncertainties, um, you know, leading up to, the, the spring training 2.0, summer camp, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, guys were sitting at home wondering if, you know, how much they need to ramp up, how much they need to be hitting, how, you know, nobody really knew anything. Uh, whereas this year, guys have been able to prepare for spring training like it's a full 162. Um, you know, I, I don't know the, the impact that uh, only playing 60 games and now jumping into 162 will have. I think that, you know, only time will tell. Uh, no one's ever been through it. Uh, so from an innings standpoint for pitchers and games played standpoint for players, uh, it's going to be up to guys to to really take it upon themselves to, um, you know, make sure they're doing the, the right things to keep their bodies healthy. Davis, it's going to be a major factor in the season and, and health is one thing, but having innings limits is another. And I think that potentially the most affected by this are those players who made their debut pitching last year and are now going into their second season. And like Spencer Howard, Nate Pearson, like those sort of pitchers, I, I don't see going from 30 innings to, to 180. And that could definitely factor into the way that we look at it. I thought a good exercise for us today would be to, to just take a look at who threw the most innings in 2020 in that 60-game season. And here they are, Lance Lynn, who's now on the White Sox through 84 innings and 84 good innings. Ramon Marquez, it's never going to be great with the Rockies. It's 81 for him. Kyle Hendricks through 81. Uh, Shane Bieber, the Cy Young Award winner, through 77. And then Hugh Darvish with the Cubs last year got to 76. In fact, 17 pitchers threw 70 innings in 2020. 
And uh, I would tell you this, Davis, uh, that that amounted probably out prorated to almost 180 innings for a lot of pitchers. But it didn't. <laughs> like, we can't prorate things that did not happen. Right. And, and I think it's a concern. I definitely do. I'm seeing teams add a lot of extra bullpen pieces, NRIs and things of that nature. So, I don't. I mean, I'm just looking at these early expert drafts, and it seems like pitching is just moving up and up and up. Yeah, it really wouldn't surprise me if there are either no pitchers that hit 200 innings, or you know, two or three. A lot of teams are moving to six-man rotations. Uh, a lot of teams are going to be going to an extra man in the bullpen. You know, adding an extra long man in there. I think some of these. I think you know we'll see even more teams transition to the opener, and instead of the opener going one inning, it'll be like the opener going one time through the order, then bringing in the you know the quote unquote starter or long man or whatever you know, kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays have done things over the last two years. And I think your point is super well taken as it relates to the rookies. So, you know, guys or, or young guys, Nate Pearson, uh, Brady Singer, uh, uh, Mackenzie Gore, you know, some of these really young starting pitchers. I really would not be surprised to see some of them have innings caps at like 120, you know, like which sounds so low, like 120 innings for a starting pitcher over a whole season. Like no way that can't be right. But also I think, you know, we'll see some of those guys just have start skipped entirely or just go two innings, you know, kind of as on their their fifth or their sixth day, but then, you know, have them come in as relief. So on one hand, that makes me say, well, why are we drafting, you know, why is starting pitching getting pushed up so high? But then on the other hand, right. you say, well, if I can take Trevor Bauer, who is just a mercenary at this point, and the team, the Dodgers don't care what happens to Trevor Bauer if they if he gets hurt, they just move on from him. Um, you know, I I want to take that guy who will go eight innings, who will go, uh, who will who will just pitch on on three days rest or whatever. Like, so I, I'm actually starting to align myself more with that hammer starting pitching early, but then you know do kind of leave that mid tier of guys alone. All right, well, that's one part of the equation. The other part of the equation is players who potentially could be Cy Young Award winners that you can target. Now, we mentioned Lance Lynn to the White Sox. They also have Dallas Keuchel. And let's not forget last year's emergence, Davis, of Lucas Giolito. And boy, Giolito had some fighting words yesterday for the White Sox, basically saying that they're going to kill people this year. I couldn't believe that. I mean, you don't really, Lucas Giolito is a really nice dude. doesn't say those sort of things. Uh, well, I just said that for him. Uh, but it was a very quick soundbite. This one gives you a little bit more of a taste uh, how Giolito basically said that uh, starting over, waiting five years, low payrolls, they've moved on from that, and it's time to win, says him. We're we're at the point now where you know the word rebuild is completely out of the vocabulary. Uh, we're a very, very good team, and we expect to win. And so that's pretty much where we're at. Uh, I think that, you know, for that to happen, we need to be very serious about our work, which we are, and uh, hold each other accountable. Um, but, uh, you know, we have all the, we have all the like set base levels for that. We just need to continue to put the work in. Um, you know, it started in the off season. And now we take it into spring, have a really good spring. I think a huge part of spring training is not necessarily the baseball, but like in the clubhouse. Um, we haven't really gotten to that yet. 
Um, but I'm sure we'll be having like skits and stuff like that with the rookies, uh, bring everyone closer together. Um, that just helps with the cohesiveness of the team, you know, sticking through it together, uh, whether we're on a good run or a bad stretch. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to those skits, Davis. I don't know if we're going to get to see any of them this year. Unfortunately, that's the hard part about it. But uh, are you bullish, uh, Davis, on the White Sox this year? Well, you know, pretty uh, pretty easy to be bullish on the White Sox when they play in the AL Central with, uh, I mean, two teams that are are just so bad, right? In the uh, in the Indians and the Tigers. Uh, the Tigers are maybe the worst team in baseball. The Royals probably have some of the worst starting pitching in baseball. Uh, the Cleveland, you know, Cleveland, they are selling everyone. They don't want to pay anyone. Uh, just a, a kind of a brutal situation for them there. And then the Twins, uh, the Twins have a good lineup, right? You look at their lineup one through nine, you're like, well, there's a lot to uh, to feel good about there. Uh, but then again, they have the same starting pitching problem with Pineda, Hap, and Shoemaker as just, to, you know, back, back, not not good starting pitching, not starting pitching that you feel confident about. So if you ever did want to back the White Sox, this would definitely be the year to do it as they play in a super weak division. They kind of got the unexpected uh, breakout from Lucas Giolito, who they got in a trade. Dallas Keuchel, you know, finding form again a little bit. Lance Lynn going to eat up a ton of solid innings for them. And then, you know, again, the wide range of outcomes from Dylan Cease and Carlos Rodon. A uh, lot of different ways that those guys' seasons could go, and maybe those guys get replaced, and maybe they have to add some starting pitching in a in a trade. But I mean, one through nine, this White Sox lineup is disgusting. They are so good. They have so many, uh, you know, great hitters. I, I it's hard for me to see them not winning this division. Yeah, and, and I think that you know, on FanDuel, it's really interesting that um, right now the White Sox, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, are plus three seventy to win the American League. Only the Yankees, Davis, are, are plus 230. The Twins plus uh, 750, I think. Blue Jays, 9-1. Uh, Astros, 9.5-1. to one. I feel like the Astros is low. I, I mean, that's, I know they lost Springer, but you know, I, I guess – you know what? I guess not having Springer, not having Verlander, I mean, maybe, maybe that's definitely part of the equation there. But of all of these, who do you uh, – you, you, you have any, like um, – sleepers here in terms of the AL. I don't want to look at the World Series, Davis, because I feel like you make that sort of bet. It is a good hedge in the end, but I like to focus on the the micro instead of the macro. And um, White Sox plus yeah, the, 370. The, the Blue Jays are the team that I would be all over here. I mean, listen to this. Listen to this. This is their lineup against right-hand starting pitching. George Springer, Marcus Semien, Bo Bichette, Tosker Hernandez, Vlad Jr., Kavan Biggio, Lourdes Goriel, Rowdy Tellis, Danny Jansen. Every single one of those guys other than Jansen is an above-average hitter for the position that they will have in line. I mean, actually, I guess you could argue that Tellis would not be um, an above-average DH, but he he's fine. And then you would think, okay, well, well a team like that, they probably have terrible starting pitching. Hinjin uh, uh, Ryu, I mean, basically an AL uh, Cy Young candidate, like a guy who's a clear number one starting pitcher and who can handle loads of innings. Robbie Ray, super wide range of outcomes. I've always been a Robbie Ray guy. He really struggles with walks, though, so he can have some terrible starts. Then you get into Nate Pearson. Again, 
really wide range of outcomes, but he could throw 150 innings of three and a half ERA, which in the AL East is, is, you know, majestic, right? He's, he's uh, a, a number one overall prospect. Of course he can be great. Um, then Tanner Rourke and Steven Matz, again, really wide range of outcomes. But I guess what I'm saying is they, all mm. of their starting pitchers have the ability to churn out average to above average seasons. And that is, that is, I think a huge advantage in the AL East where you're against so many good offenses in so many hitter friendly ballparks. Yeah. A oh, fair point for points on all for sure. And tomorrow on our show, we get a first look at the American league win totals and Davis and I are going to take a look. He'll give at least at the start, his favorite five. I'll give at the start, my favorite five. And by the time we get to the regular season, no doubt we'll have some really good opportunities for you to wager on those FanDuel Sportsbook, I'm sure, is going to have them up as well. So make sure you kick it on over to FanDuel. For those of you who are interested in doing betting or playing on DFS, uh, where it is legal for you, make sure you get involved in that. It's definitely my choice. Every single day I'm looking at the lines updated every day, trying to give you guys the best opportunities to win. Okay, got to take one more break here this hour, and then we got our headlines coming up at the top of the hour. So Make sure you stay on the grid. Uh, also, as a reminder here on the show, Jim Sanis from Number Fire, as always, is going to join us, I believe, on the show uh, on Friday as we take a look at the second week of NASCAR. Jim does a fantastic job for uh, Number Fire breaking that down. And, of course, uh, nobody won the money in the Daytona 500 last week with the guy at 100-1 to 1 who ended up winning. So he will join us in the show as well. Davis is going to bring some interesting guests to the program. We're here Monday through Friday, noon to 2 Eastern, right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Also, our shows are on demand. You can find them over on our YouTube channel. And as soon as our shows are over, we post them every single day. So you can catch our interviews, our discussions. And as we go through the average draft position for all positions in Major League Baseball, you can set a playlist up and just watch them as we post them. And we'll be right back. So make sure you stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. This is my first week hosting with my new co-host, Davis Maddock. Of course, you can follow on Twitter for all of his rumblings, grumblings, information, 
and everything else that he does. And of course, it's a first week we're getting to know each other on a on a co-hosting type level. So this is brand new. So, Davis, we know you love sports. Is, is there anything that you do otherwise besides playing golf? We're clear on that. Uh, is there like a uh, TV binging thing for you? Like what what are some of your other hobbies that you like to do? We don't know. I don't know a lot. So this is in this two minute segment. I would love to know anything more. Uh, I mean, I, I, I view myself as a bit of a, a renaissance man, have a lot of different uh, interests and hobbies, a lot of different things that that pull my attention sometimes uh, in too many directions as once. One of the things I am uh, super into right now is just all of the, uh, you know, associated Star Wars content out there. They're there, you know, the, oh, the, the okay. television yeah. shows. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. loved, loved, obviously, the original trilogy. Uh, and even even like the the prequels um, to to some extent, like I, I but I, right now I'm very into uh, some of the secondary stuff, some of the, some of the books, some of the the TV shows that they have going on out there. So going through a, a big phase of that right now. Well, Mandalorian, I thought was great. Two really good seasons of that. I thought well, I, I'm a big Star Wars fan, too. I think you I think you kind of have to be in the fantasy sports industry. It's like it's like part of the rite of passage. So. Very into that. I'm looking forward to. I think it's Obi Wan. Are we doing that? Obi Wan, right? Like that's coming on uh, Disney Plus, also, right? The possibility. Yeah, I mean, there are there are lots of shows. Uh, they they announced loads of things coming out. I think the next show to come out is going to be uh, an animated one, I believe, called uh, called oh, okay. The Bad Batch, which is about some of the clone troopers. But lots of stuff coming our way for sure from the from the Star oh, Wars no, universe. See- and see, see, day day by day, we'll learn a little bit more. And then I, you know, when we do fantasy or reality, we can throw some Star Wars stuff in there. Uh, my my former co-host Joe Pizzapia is a big Star Wars fan. I'm a big Star Wars fan too. But this is definitely something that we can talk about. But our headlines are next. So where are you going? Stay on the grid. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.